Hello and welcome back to episode 53. Welcome CP3. I'm your host, Felix Vogel, and this is my podcastee, a.k.a. my dad, Mark Vogel. Hey, Felix. Hey, everybody and Untucked Shorts fans near and far. It's a very special summer edition. The NBA season is over, but we're still going strong. And as Felix mentioned, CP3 is a new warrior, and we're going to talk all about it in tonight's episode, as well as our new draft picks, what all of these trades coming and going mean for the Warriors in the upcoming season, and free agency has just begun. So by the time this drops, who knows what the headlines might be. Yeah, a lot of stuff is still on the table. Things are going to move around, that is for sure. But amongst us, there's only one major headline that makes Warriors top news, and that is Chris Paul III, who is an NBA veteran, uh, is now a warrior. And Jordan Poole, who has been talked about many times, has now left and is a member of the Washington Wizards. No more pool party. He was told to get out of the pool. Something wrong. Towel off. Something wrong with the irrigation. Flops. You know, but there's an irrigation problem with that pool. Definitely. Sure. Draymond definitely, you know, did some cannonballs into the head of the pool. May have pulled the plug and drained the pool. What other uh, analogies? Many things. Yeah, he bounced off the diving board. I think. No yeah. more splashes. There was some heat, not the Miami heat, but some yeah, that's heat, confusing. You know, evaporated the pool. The pool oh, evaporated. Yeah. Pool is now. And the Washington Wizards are the lucky beneficiary. So our to our friends, Mike Farrell. Uh, mom and dad, everybody else listening in DC, Jordan Poole is now in your backyard and, um, you'll be lucky to have him. What, what can we expect of Jordan Poole and the Washington Wizards? Well, I mean, we're getting into this first cause it's way more minor, at least in our opinions. You know, he, he's a good player. Can't deny that. He'll be glad on the Washington Wizards because, you know, frankly, the Washington Wizards are tanking. They are a terrible team. Uh, after trading their superstars away, and they will not win many games, which is just right for Poole because this gives him a lot of room and space to develop. And this is kind of like the Wiseman case, I'd say. This is, goes along the same. Uh, he has a better stairway to his dream accomplishment, and he's kind of one of those individual players who wants to self-achieve very high, and the Warriors is just not the right place for that. So he'll enjoy. Well, keep I the think, franchise Felix, afloat. you may be selling him a little short. It is true that Jordan Poole will now be a starter. He will be probably scoring in bunches, 25 points a game. Might not be out of the Could question. Could even be higher. He's a volume shooter. And like you said, they're in full rebuild mode there in Washington, so they're not really playing for the Ws. They're just playing to put on, put on a show for some paying fans, and Jordan Poole will be good for them. However... I don't want it to be said that we didn't appreciate Jordan Poole's contributions. I don't think we would have won the championship two years ago against Boston without his efforts in the playoffs. This year, he came off the bench and was uh, not as effective as a starter. But when Wiggins was out, when Curry was out, Jordan Poole actually played pretty well for the Warriors. I mean, he's a great player. And as far as tempo and pace goes, he was just right for our team. I just think, you know, when it comes to maximizing Curry, this is not the guy we wanted. And, you know, he just couldn't really deliver in the way we needed him to. I also think that Steve Kerr had just gotten really frustrated about all the turnovers, the poor decision-making, the flops, um, a series of things that led to the second unit 
really giving away any kind of lead that Curry had built up. And that was a killer this season. And Kerr wanted to go a different direction, which is interesting because he went in the complete opposite direction and traded youth for age, traded a speed speed for hamstring injuries. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what brings us to CP3. Well, I mean, the first thing we have to say is, or at least I have to say, is we talked a lot about the meld last season. You guys couldn't see it, fellow listeners, but I was uh, doing bunny ears. Uh, We were talking a lot about the meld and how players come together, young and old. We are finished with the meld. Wiseman is gone. Poole is gone. That experiment (laughs) in in melding seems to be over. Although, and And we'll get to this later, we still have Kaminga and Moody. Yep, we still have them. So we'll get there. We'll get there. But I take your point. But I think actually first, before we want to really talk about, you know, the juicy part of this podcast, let's get to know Chris Paul III a little better. So this is where you can imagine some background music while I tell you five facts about Chris Paul. You may have known that when he was drafted, he was the number four pick by the Charlotte Hornets at the time. Um, he was Rookie of the Year, an almost unanimous choice, winning all but one vote, leading all rookies in scoring and rebounding and steals even, uh, and assists, of course. He's a bowler. He's a very, very serious competitive bowler. Wow. Could be invited to your next birthday, Felix. I mean, I saw, I saw his uh, bowling highlight reel. I didn't really see any strikes, though. I know. It was an I, was, odd... I saw a... a Pin and two standing. I'm like, wow, an NBA player. Well, he must just really enjoy the game. Um, he also has written a book called Dream Big, which was all about being underestimated as a short guy. He's only six foot tall, six foot one. Six foot. Six foot. And being told he couldn't pursue his dreams of being in the NBA and, and proving all the doubters wrong. And then the final fact that uh, you got to know that you probably don't know about Chris Paul that really endears him to me is that when the NBA was on strike in 2011, just goes to show you how long he's been in the league, when the NBA was on strike, he went on the family feud. It didn't look as if his team won, so the Pauls did not necessarily Yeah, I think when constructing the highlight reel of his hobbies, he didn't seem like he was thriving. That's you know, true. He may not have had a lot to do with that. But one bowling pin left standing, <clears throat> one family feud point taken off. Chris Paul has a bunch of hobbies. He was also the president of the NBA Players Association. He's been around a long time. Uh, he's he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. So we get a legend, but it's still weird to think of him wearing a Warriors jersey. So they're... Really, I don't know. What do you think? What's your what's your verdict? Was this good for the Warriors to trade youth for age? Well, I mean, there's just a lot of pros and a lot of cons uh, when it comes to Chris Paul. You know, it was a savvy, no, it's tenacious, no, uh, a bold move for Mike Dunleavy, the newly appointed general manager. He will probably come off the bench. He'll have much more assists. He'll have much better defense, especially on ball, get a lot more pokes. That's very important. But I think one of the most important things he brings to the table is we talked about those non-Curry minutes. He will be in those non-Curry minutes. He will be the savvy point guard in those non-Curry minutes, and he will keep it afloat. When Curry comes off and he comes in as leader of the second unit, who's going to do the scoring? Because I don't expect Kerr, I mean, Poole, criticize him for what you want. He could get pyrotechnic, but that's just not going to be Chris Paul's MO. So who's, who's going to be scoring in that second unit when Chris, per, Chris Paul is on the court? Well, I think, you know, we definitely talk about Kaminga. I think that Chris Paul is going to develop Kaminga a lot. You know, Poole, 
definitely hogged the ball a lot. And, you know, Kamigo didn't have that time to shine when he actually maybe holds a brighter, more expansive, you know, like bag, I think. And I think Chris Paul is definitely going to bring that to the table, evolving Kaminga and just bringing teachers around him. Do that Chris Paul, who's played for a lot of teams at this point in his career, was uh, at, his he- at the height of his powers on those Clippers teams with Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. It was Lob City. Uh, Lou Williams, I think, was on that team. So I expect him to be throwing the ball up to the rafters and Kaminga will climb the ladder, go get it. And hopefully we'll see a little bit of a mini recreation there. A lot of pick and roll for those guys. Oh, me, oh, my. Yeah, I don't think I want us to be related in any way to the Clippers in the early 2000s. But I guess that could be Fair a enough. slight plus. Fair enough. But I also think you know, he keeps the rock moving. He circulates. He brings everyone involved. But he also knows his role. That's the thing Poole didn't really know. He, I think he'll get into it. He'll kind of settle in to where we need to be to win. And I think that's just going to evolve our team a lot. There were some other moves that happened since our last podcast, namely the NBA draft. So for the Warriors, we made two draft picks. At number 19, we got Brandon uh, Pajemski, a lefty marksman, three-point shooting specialist. We'll see how he pans out. It was too bad we didn't get uh, Jamie Jacquez from... Um, Jamie Hawkes. Jamie Hawkes. Okay, Mr. American, Jamie Jackas. It's okay. Wait. Jamie Hawkins. Jaime, Jaime. No, it's not Jaime. Jaime. It's Jaime. Jaime. Jaime Hawkins. You know how right. in Spanish there's no, the J's are H's? You know, hmm. like, me llamo. It's not a Jamie Jackas situation at all. It's not, no Jamie Jackas. He is Jaime Hawkins. Jaime Hawkins. Wow, we just went into a little Jaime Hawkins. Uh, hey, you got it. I got it. All right. Yeah. Um, well, w- w- I got it, but the Warriors did not. In fact, the Heat got Hamey, Hamey Hawkes. One 18. pick before So us. that's who you really wanted to get. That would have been nice to get that UCLA grad on our team. But instead, we got Pajemski at 19, and then we made a last-minute deal. Went a little under the radar, but late in the second round, we traded PBJ, Patrick Baldwin Jr., to the Wizards as well, and in return got the 57th pick, which landed us Trace Jackson Davis, who I, I think you're excited about. Yeah, now the 52nd pick is the second-to-last pick in the NBA draft, so you can just think about that for a second. You know, barely made it. I'm sure Trace Jackson Davis was rejoicing when he figured out he would become a dub. But I think this actually could play in to where Chris Paul is in this team because, you know, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, and this guy could spend his whole rookie season in the G League while we're trying to really do something. But I think that Chris Paul playing with Trace Jackson Davis will teach Trace Jackson Davis the perfect pick and roll. Now, Chris Paul, how old is he? 38? 38. He's 38 years old. He knows this sport well, and he's been around a ton of uprising rookies. And I think he will just bring Trace, da- Trace this is a tongue twister for some reason, Trace Jackson Davis just to a higher level and kind of bring him from a college D1 like player into an NBA player. What's also interesting to me about the selections of Pajemski and Trace Jackson Davis is that Kerr, Dunleavy, the Warriors as an organization are moving away from the youth movement. The trend in the NBA over the last few years has been to take as many teenagers as possible. And Wembyana is certainly um, consistent with that theme. However, Trace Jackson Davis, it was a four-year player at Indiana. I think Pajemski was a three-year, four-year player at Santa Clara. Three years. Um, we're now going into Kaminga's third season and Moody's third season. 
We traded away Baldwin and Ryan Rollins. We traded away Poole and Wiseman. So you're right. The meld has given way to a return of more experience, more um, ability to contribute right off, out of the gate. And I'm I'm excited about that. I think we we have a lot to look forward to with the team. I mean, we were we were sticking to what worked. You know, it, it, it's what worked and got us three championships. So. And it really displays the ultimate commitment to winning now, while that Curry Clay Dream window <clears throat> is still open. But before we talk big picture about the fate of the team and and get too philosophical. A lot of people are haters about this trade. A lot of people did not want Chris Paul to come to town. Some of it was personal frustration or, or anger with him and, and his um, being our kind of the villain for all those Rockets teams that we kept meeting in the playoffs during our, our dyna- dynastic run. Yeah, I mean, he definitely brings a lot of cons to the table. Um, something that he's just kind of polar opposite from the way that we like to play the game. Uh, the Warriors like to play the game, getting out quick, fast pace, even though we're old. We can still move the rock a lot while Chris Paul likes to bring it up slowly, set up an educated pick and roll and just get some things moving, look for a bucket. But, you know, this is why he's a second. This is why he'll be second. um, Second unit. Second unit. Yeah, I was about to say second round. Uh, he's, but maybe that change of pace is a good thing. He likes to really pick apart and analyze the weakness in a defense and then make a pass or get to his spot in the mid range and, and knock it down. And he's pretty good at that. So, I mean, it's nice, but he won't be playing with Curry and he, I think, you know, his, um, chemistry with some of the older players who are kind of trained into this. Although I'm not so sure that I, we won't see some situations provided he stays healthy. And that's the huge asterisk where we might not play the two guard set and have Curry be off ball and receiving passes from Chris Paul. I mean that, how do you defend that? If you've got Paul and Curry and also, yeah, Clay uh, running yeah, around his, and Wiggins running his around. His jump shot's gotten a little old now, but I think like the highlight when it comes to Chris Paul's cons, let's just say, uh, to the low light? To the low light. Yeah, the Can low light. Can you have light. a highlight of a con? Hmm. No. I mean, it's like an underlining. An under- okay. How about that? It's literally underlined in, in our uh, game overview. But he, he, yeah, you can't really teach an old dog new tricks. That's all I have to say. At this age, this is something Poole was able to do that he can't do. He's not going to bring a spark. When the team's spiraling downhill, Poole's in kind of la-la land. And for better, for worse, sometimes for better, though. He'd come out with You're some right. kind of 10-point run. He and would have those 15-point quarters, and we're like, he brought us back into the game. Yeah, and I don't Chris think Paul's we can Chris Paul's not going to do that, that you know? Yeah. Maybe, down. though, he can steady the ship. Maybe if we're flailing and really making a lot of bad turnovers, fouling a lot, just really are totally unsteady, maybe he can bring that, that calm to the court and settle things down. So, Felix, I got to ask you the question that you got asked the other night that you've been hedging back and forth, but now you're on the spot, you're on the mic. Are you in favor of this trade? Oh, I just can't give you a straight answer. I mean, I definitely had a lot more pros than cons. There were probably more cons that I haven't really thought of that will show themselves throughout the season. Maybe some added pros that we'll see throughout the season. But I think, you know, Chris Paul is a ring hunter. Stephen Curry is also at the end of his career, and he wants one more. He just can't stand. And this is something that Paul didn't have. He didn't have that drive. He's like, la-di-da-di-da. I have the whole season ahead of me, and I like Paul, and I defended him. But he's not going to bring what Chris Paul's going to bring as far as determination goes. And I think overall I am in favor because this this shows that Mike Dunleavy 
is standing behind Curry. And he is like, okay, you are our centerpiece. We are going to do anything we can to maximize you and bring us to the highest level with you carrying us. I think that's a sound analysis. And yes, it tips into the pro category above the con. We're not going to dwell on it. If you're a true diehard fan, you've heard lots of other people talk about the money piece of this and really the underlying benefit of getting off of Poole's contract and, and getting Chris Paul, who has a contract that can expire in a year, is that now we have the money to retain Draymond. And that too is part of maximizing that Curry window. This is a massive risk. I applaud Mike Dunleavy's gutsiness, his first week on the job. Some big, big gunslinging moves here. Felix, before we wrap up with our our episode number 53 today, I want to ask you, given that Chris Paul's on the team, given who we have, assuming Draymond comes back, if we find ourselves in the playoffs next year, game seven, Two minutes left in a tie game. Who are our closing five? This is so hard to say. I mean, I think, oh, geez. Because, like, if we're up, I definitely want Chris Paul in there because he's smart and he knows how to close a game. And if we're down, I'd want some more shooters. I'd actually pull maybe, if we keep DiVincenzo, I may pull DiVincenzo in there or just go with our original starting five. But in a tie game... When Curry and Clay are hot, I would like Paul to facilitate. And you can only get five. Yeah. We got Curry. We got Clay. We got Draymond there closing the game. I'm, I think I want Wiggins in there. So now you've got Paul. You've got GP2. You've got Looney. Maybe Kaminga gets hot. Oh, man. It's nice to write all this and see we have some good options. We're going to have a great team next year. Moody. We haven't talked enough about Moody. I think you can put Paul in in crunch time. If we're even thinking about playing players like Kaminga and Moody, that would obviously mean that they're on a hot streak going into this final two minutes. And, and Paul is only going to make that better. I think it's ultimately going to have to go down to Curry, Clay, Dre, Paul, and Wiggins. So you've convinced me. I come out of this podcast, Felix, feeling a lot better about Chris Paul than I did going in. On balance, I'm excited about the season. I think it's going to be really interesting. We haven't really done this, bringing in this kind of veteran at this point in their career the way we have before. Not quite like David West coming back, who was a little bit more in his prime, but it keeps it interesting. And um, is that going to do it for episode 53? I think uh, episode 53, Welcome CP3, is at a wrap. Thank you for listening to episode 53 of Untucked Untucked Shorts. Shorts.